Hello, welcome to another episode of the Just Some Magic podcast. I am your host, Morgan, and here on Just Some Magic, we like to share people's most magical moments in and out of the theme parks. So if you're counting down your days till your next vacation, or you're on your way to work wishing to be going to a more magical place, this is the podcast for you. Because today that this episode is aired is the grand reopening of Disneyland Paris after the pandemic. Disneyland Paris has been opening and closing on and off during the pandemic, but now it is finally reopened. So in honor of this great day that's happening, I thought we would travel all the way to Paris and hear a story from our guest, Sherry, who works in entertainment over there. Sherry and I have so much fun bouncing different ideas off of each other on how Disney can incorporate Rye and the Last Dragon into the parks. Also, she has a wonderful, magical moment that I can't wait for you guys to hear. Again, we have episodes every Monday and Thursday, so be sure to subscribe. And lastly, if you have a magical moment that you would like to share, please go to Just Some Magic Podcast and click on the Share Your Magic button to submit your story. I can't wait to read your stories, but now, on with the show. special guest calling all the way from Europe. Today we have Sherry. Hi, Sherry. Hi. We're so excited to have you on. You are in Europe right now, which is so exciting. How is it over there? Um, it's a little different than normal, <laughs> but it is, it's good. So you <laughs> are a Disneyland Paris cast member and you work in entertainment. Who do you like to hang out with typically? I like to hang out with two cheeky chipmunks and I like to hang out with a yodeling cowgirl and uh, sometimes I like to help Cinderella sew her dresses. Oh. That is so exciting. Do you hang out with a warrior princess as well? I may or may not help save China every once in a while. You know, in your free time, in your free time. <laughs> in my free time, you know, when I can. Fun! That is so exciting. You have been working for Disneyland Paris for how long? It was four years in February. Oh! How exciting. Happy four years. You're almost to five, but it's been a little weird with Paris opening and closing. Do you want to tell us about that a little bit? On March 13th, 2020, we were informed that we would not be opening our gates. And I know that Disneyland Paris has closed a few times in its history, but the last time it had closed was in November of 2015 for the attacks that happened in Paris. So this was the first time that it was closing due to a pandemic, just like all the other parks. We were very lucky to reopen our gates in July, which was a new and exciting type of magic from a distance. It wasn't the same, but it was really magical in a lot of other ways. Our guest satisfactory actually went up because the capacity wasn't complete. And the fact that we started doing this new thing 
Um, for anybody who hasn't been to Disneyland Paris, when you walk into Disneyland Paris, you actually walk in under the Disneyland Hotel and you come through oh. like you do kind of in Florida where it kind of you walk under and it opens up. Instead of a train station at the U.S. parks, it's the hotel. OK, so you got that little archway. OK. So you walk under the hotel and then under the train station. And as you came up and you look back, just like you do in Florida, we had 10 VIP characters across in the morning waving everybody in. They did a special song that was like, welcome back. We've missed you. And we then had the ducks on the gazebo. We had so many characters out and about that before you even hit the castle you got to see like 12 characters it was so magical that's something you almost want to keep even once things go back to normal and the pandemic's over that you just want those characters around i mean that's what we (laughs) thought you just want it all the time it's amazing are you guys in paris doing like little cavalcades like they're doing in the u.s parks so yes um they weren't at first in the summer when we originally opened, but come closer to October, they started sending out one float every couple of hours. Nobody actually knew when it was happening. It changed every day, but it was nice because then you would just get to see this character randomly and they got to be in cute Halloween overdressings and and things like that. And every once in a while, they'd send out a princess in like an actual horse-drawn carriage, which is just so cool. That's so magical. It's like Mm -hmm. royalty just gracing us to the presence in the parks. Yes. Exactly. These little things like you almost want to keep, like I do, and you as well probably miss the big parades, especially since, you know, you got to be in some of them. Um, I'm a big parade person, so I very much miss them, but I do appreciate these little cavalcades for sure. But so currently now Disneyland Paris, at the time of this recording, it's closed. Yes. When are the plans to reopen possibly, or we're not sure yet? Um, We were supposed to hopefully reopen on April 3rd, but the French government has decided against that for now. So we're just waiting around until Mickey decides to let us back in. I know everybody over there will probably be so excited once it does. Would you like to kind of give us a little teaser? You not have only but one story, but two little magical moments. So do you want to give us a little teaser of what you're going to share with us today? Yeah. So I am actually from California. I grew up in the San Francisco Bay Area. Grew up going to Disney my whole life. Um, My very first dance teacher actually was, she was 16 at the time. So when she turned 18, she moved down and she actually became friends with some of the very famous princesses. And um, so I've kind of always grown up with going down to Disney and seeing friends perform and something that I've always wanted to do. And eventually I got my shot and now I'm here in Paris. That is so exciting. And I can't wait to hear all the details of that and how the how you got to that point. But before we do that, we'll kind of get to know you a little bit better and ask you some fun questions. Are you ready? Are you excited? I am ready. So I always ask this one to every guest, but why do you love Disney? Ooh, I love Disney. I think because Honestly, I don't know a point in my life where it hasn't been some kind of form of my life. You know, I feel like 
different movies come out in different points in your life and you can always kind of watch those movies and remember the time in your life that you saw them or what that new character may represent to you and I think you can kind of watch any Disney movie and find some kind of relation to it as in you know like Watching the old 90s ones for me just reminds me of my childhood, like watching Aladdin and Beauty and the Beast. Just it makes me feel like a kid who's put her VCR in the TV and brings me right back to that. And then watching those and then all the memories that you have when you go to the parks and all all of it, really, it's just all connected. (laughs) Yes. And you um, grew up in California. And so did you get to visit the parks often or did you kind of wait till later on in life? Because you were in California, but you were in San Francisco, correct? Yes. Um, So I'm in the San Francisco Bay Area. So 40 minutes away from San Francisco in a very little town called Livermore, California. The first trip that I ever took, I was two years old. I obviously don't remember it, but my mom does have some cute pictures. She has some pictures actually with me in Goofy's kitchen with Chippendale, which I think is so cool. And I'm like... Foreshadowing the future. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly that. Yeah. So I, I went almost every year until I was 14. And then my mom decided to get us some annual passes. And we started going like two times a year, then three times a year. And then suddenly we were down there almost every month. It was no shocker to anybody when I decided that I wanted to move down there and try to work for the parks and start my own magical journey. And which parks have you visited? So obviously Disneyland and Paris, of course. And last year, 2019, I visited Tokyo. <gasps> oh, I've been there. What did you think of it? What was your impressions? Oh, it was so, I, th- I honestly, I think Tokyo Sea is my favorite park so far. I have not been to all of them, but I mean, that is my favorite. My best friend works over there. So we were visiting her and my boyfriend and I were just completely blown away. It is like next level Mm -hmm. Disney. The theming and the immersion there is top notch for sure. That and all of their, all of their treats are just next level. I mean, you just, (gasps) I, I, oh, I can't, I mean, I could do a whole entire episode of just talk, let's like, let's just talk about Tokyo. Oh, yeah, Tokyo and Disney treats. Oh, we could definitely have you come back for that for sure. <laughs> I love, I'm a big popcorn person, even in the U.S. parks. And I love that they had so many different flavors in Tokyo of popcorn. I'm just like, oh, this is incredible. Gosh. Yes, yes. I was like planning our day based on what treats I wanted to eat. <laughs> yes, it was so good. And they just do everything so well over there. And the cast members there are so, they just love their jobs and mm-hmm. you can feel it in their soul. And I, it's just such a great park to go to. It's just 10 out of 10. Yes. Highly recommend. If you're a Disney fan, you need to go to Tokyo. <laughs> yes, absolutely. We won't tell people in Paris that you like Tokyo better. <laughs> Okay, so we know you hang out with a couple of characters, but so not necessarily your favorite character, but what character do you most identify with that you're most similar to? You know, I recently, like very recently, just watched Raya and the Last Dragon. (gasps) Wasn't it so good? Oh, it was so 
the animation is next level. Moana was amazing. And I feel like that kind of was the stepping point for this new animation level. And then we were watching this and I was like, how is this gracing my TV? Mm -hmm. Like I, oh my goodness. I I love Raya's determination and how confident she is. And I would like to say I have that in myself. Um, But I also feel like the quirkiness that Sisu has like that. I, I felt Mm -hmm. that. And I was like, She's a little bit of me. I'm a little bit of her. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and Sisu is so amazing how she's just like, we should bring a gift. Like, you know. <laughs> she just I- has an amazing outlook. And I I tend to have that outlook with people and just you know, always want to see the best in people. And that's why I feel like I was like, I relate to you, girlfriend. We get each other. <laughs> I love Aquafina in that role. She did it so well. And she was so funny with like the line of like, you know, when you're doing a class project and y'all get the same grade, but not everybody puts the same amount of effort in. Like, I Absolutely. loved that so much. When we were watching this being from the entertainment side of things in the park, we're like, mm-hmm. is Raya coming to the park? Please bring her to the park. <gasps> also, is oh. Sisu coming to the park? Is Sisu going to grace us with, you know, her dragonness or maybe her humanness? Oh. Or maybe oh. she's going to pull an Ariel and be like, you know, when Ariel's a mermaid and then she's also a human, yes. like maybe we're going to get some of that. I don't know, but I'm here for it. <laughs> yes. And honestly, I would love if Boone was in the parks because like yes. he's got such a personality and he's like, hey, like, <laughs> you know what? If anything, they need to have, like, Boone's shrimp boat. Like, they need to have, like, yes, you know what I mean? That would be perfect for uh, Disney Sea because it would fit in with that environment so well. There like, you go. Like, with the volcano and have, like, a little shrimp boat thing, restaurant. Oh, okay. Disney, you need to listen. Make this happen. Like, but, okay. So, back to Sisu. I love Maleficent. Sleeping Beauty is my favorite, like, ever. Mm-hmm. And Maleficent's my favorite villain. And I love that she turns into a dragon. But Sisu, I don't know. She's fighting for my favorite dragon spot. Like, I mean, I know there's only so many dragons in, like, the Disney-verse and stuff. But, mm-hmm. like, she's she's up there. And if I we could meet her, like, in, like, an animatronic kind of thing, like, with Raya, like, oh, that would be incredible. Or baby Tuk Tuk. So oh my cute. goodness, a baby Tuk Tuk, yes. <gasps> or if Raya was in a float with Tuk Tuk, mm. like a big Tuk Tuk, oh my mm-hmm. gosh. Okay, so we're just like gushing over Raya. Like this is what the episodes turned into. I love it. I have already thought about this. I've already thought how she could be on a parade. I'm like imagining her on, you know, Magic Happens in California <gasps> with like how oh. they did their characters. Like yes. that's, kind of, that's, that's my thought. Yes, how they did Papita. How it's like a puppet kind of thing. That was Mm -hmm. so beautiful. And the way it moved, it was so well done. Oh, I was fortunate enough to see it in person the two weeks that it was open. I flew all the way back. Oh, so jealous. Got to see my girl Aurora with her color changing dress. I had to see in person how that was done. And oh, it didn't disappoint at all. Like, girl, you got to go back and see it whenever they open it up and bring it back. Highly recommend that parade for sure absolutely (laughs) okay so speaking of princesses and characters and stuff if you could take your favorite elements from each disney princess which dress sidekick 
castle and I'll throw in hair as well because some princesses got some great hair would you want to have Mm, that's a hard one I think I would pick Aurora's blue dress because they used to have that here in Disneyland Paris oh they had it there in Paris (gasps) oh with the really pointy and the pointy crown and stuff yes I know it wasn't everybody's thing but I mean it's just so iconic to the movie and I had a little Sleeping Beauty like Barbie doll and she had like the blue dress on. So I'm going to have to go with blue dress. Whose hair would you want? I have long, long thought about this. And I <laughs> want Ariel's hair, but I want Ariel's but. hair from the like day with Prince Eric when she has like that pretty ponytail with that <gasps> big bow. That's what I want. Oh, that's mm-hmm. adorable. Yes. Okay. And I mean, that blue bow would match Aurora's dress. So this is already I mean, coming together mm-hmm. pretty nicely. <laughs> okay. And which princess sidekick would you want to have? Um, Maybe like Pascal because he plays hide and seek. Very clever and has a big personality for sure. <laughs> he does. And yeah. I mean, like, you get to play hide and seek with your best friend. I mean, why not? Absolutely. I wonder if it'd be hard for him, easy for him to find you because, you know, we're bigger and stuff. And he's got the camouflaging aspect of him that gives him the little bit of advantage. But it seems like Rapunzel keeps winning. So this is true. <laughs> <We'll see. laughs> okay. And lastly, Castle. Whose castle would you like to have? That's hard. Maybe Ariel. Just because it's super cool and under the water and you would then have to be a mermaid. So there you go. Oh, I love it. (laughs) That is such a fun combination. So you picked Aurora's blue dress, Ariel's hair, but like kiss the girl, big bow hair with Pascal as your sidekick and the Atlantica castle. How fun. (laughs) Awesome. Okay. Sticking on the princess route. So this question I've kind of just made up. It's a little obscure, but which princess powers, and I say that in quotations, would you want to have? So I've kind of come up with qualities from the princesses that could be kind of exaggerated and be considered powers. So for Snow White, we have talking to forest animals. For Cinderella, (laughs) we magically can have an outfit for any occasion, just ready to go. Aurora, you can sleep as long as you want with no time passing. Ariel, you can breathe and talk underwater. Belle is speed reading. Jasmine is you can travel anywhere whenever you want. Pocahontas is endless endurance because that girl can run and just do anything and like never be tired. Um, Mulan being able to defend yourself in any situation, whether it be physically or verbally, because she like kicks butt, as you know, personally. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Tiana being able to cook with any food you have lying around and making a terrific meal. Rapunzel already kind of has magic powers and have magic hair that heals people. Princess Anna's powers would be having people fall in love with you quickly. Elsa's is ice powers. And Moana's is friends with the ocean and being able to understand people to their core. Kind of like how she did with Tafiti and uh, how she like understood what was going on. And lastly, Raya will be friends with dragons because she's pretty awesome. So any two that stick out with you because there's a lot to choose from. Snow White. Being able to talk to animals because... I mean, I always want to know what animals are thinking. And probably Jasmine, being able to travel anywhere. If you have magic carpet and you are able to just go anywhere, I mean, that's pretty cool. 
Oh, absolutely. Especially like, you know, you're in Europe and your family's still, I'm assuming they're still in uh, California. So you can just, oh, I'm just going to take my carpet and just go visit them for the weekend and fly back and don't have to book an airline exactly. and everything. <laughs> so you'd have Snow Whites talking with forest animals and Jasmines uh, being able to travel wherever you want. Okay. And if you could pick a third, which would be your third? Possibly being able to breathe underwater because I've always wanted to be a mermaid. <laughs> Uh, I I am getting a trend here that you really want to be a mermaid with the hair and the Atlantica castle. It's perfect. Yes. <laughs> awesome. Okay. So next question is you work in Disneyland Paris entertainment. What two or more characters would you love to see interact with each other? Um. Okay. So I actually have an answer for this, but I don't think she yeah. actually exists in the park, but I feel like everybody oh. wants her in the park to see this oh. dynamic. Oh, oh, now I'm on the edge of my seat. Love, love, love to have Miss Lottie and Tiana <gasps> having a conversation for all of us <gasps> to hear. That is what I want. I am right there with you. I always wanted Lottie to be there, especially now. I feel like there might be some glimmer of hope because they're going to do the new Tiana ride. And if they like yeah. bring out those characters and Naveen out regularly and Lewis, because I know sometimes they're a hit or miss, but Tiana and Dr. Facilier are out there. But I would love Lottie to come out and like flirt with all the princes and like, you know, talk about her man stealing beignets or man. That would be that's such a great idea. I'm right there with you. I'll sign the petition to get Lottie. <laughs> At the parks for sure. <laughs> but what is your dream ride to get stuck on? If I had to pick one from Paris, possibly Big Thunder Mountain, just because our Big Thunder Mountain Ooh. is completely different. You actually have to like oh. go under the water. What? And it's out on an island. Yeah. Whoa, cool. How does that work? Wait, I, I didn't know this. If you watch the Imagineering story, they actually do a section on Paris and they kind of explain it. So our park mm. is set up differently. We don't have like a New Orleans Square or Critter Country, kind of how it all ties in like in California. We mm. just have just one big frontier land. And because we don't have the rivers of America, we do have that waterway, which we have the Molly Brown, I believe it's called. So what would be the Mark Twain? Oh, okay. The Big Thunder Mountain is out there on that waterway. Oh, that's kind of cool. So you have to like get out to it. Yeah. So when you start, you immediately like go into a dark tunnel and then all of a sudden you're out on this island and you're on a roller coaster and you get to see like <gasps> phantom manor and just look over the park and see the castle behind you it's super cool that is incredible oh my gosh i i really want to do phantom manor for sure i got i got to go to disneyland paris so speaking of rides what attraction would you be devastated if they demolished it during your lifetime updates and improvements are okay though i think I would be really sad if they got rid of Haunted Mansion in California because oh. I don't know. I feel like it's a classic and it's just so, you know, it's like the heart of New Orleans Square and I would just be so sad if it, if it ever went. And if I had to pick one from Paris, oh, 
if they got rid of Crush's coaster, I think I would be so sad. Oh, isn't that the one where you're like in a shell and you're like, does it spin or like one's facing one way and one's another? Like I haven't seen a ride through video of it, but yeah, tell us about that one a little bit. Um, So that one's over in the Walt Disney Studios Park. It's like a fast loading kind of thing where it never stops. And you are in the turtle shell. There's four people, but two on each side and they are (laughs) facing outwards of the shell. And okay. you not only ride the track, but you are also spinning while you're riding the track. That sounds so fun. It is the coolest ride. And I think it's very unique to this park. And I'm so glad that we have it because it's like our best roller coaster now that Rock and Roller Coaster is gone. So, oh, yeah. right. Because aren't they changing the Rock and Roller Coaster to an Iron Man coaster? Is that correct? Is that still happening? Yep, that is still happening. I believe it's been pushed back to 2022 now, but we are getting our Marvel campus with our Spider Man ride and the <gasps> cool. Iron Man ride. And I think there's something else going on over there. I honestly. They have that in the New York hotel that's being built for Marvel. So it's all kind of a blur. Oh, okay. So I definitely need to stay at the Marvel hotel when I come visit. That sounds totally up my alley. Big Marvel (laughs) fan over here. So Crush's Coaster. And Crush is such a fun character too. And Squirt, they always just had a little special place in my heart when Squirt is like, yeah, you got to rip, roar, and punch it. It's just like, you're so cute. Okay. And this could be specific to Paris too. But if your home could smell like a specific scent from the Disney park, what scent would it be? I mean, I feel like everybody's going to go, of course she said this, but Dole Whip. Because we don't have Dole Whip in Disneyland Paris, which is devastating. What? What? Yeah. That is a shock. I need to send you some ASAP. (laughs) Yes, please. But funny enough, there actually is a lady on Etsy who sells Disney parks diffuser oils and I got some for my mom for Christmas I was like mom how do they Uh smell and she's like it didn't smell like chlorine from the pirates ride and I'm not gonna lie I was a little sad and I was like no no Yeah, there's a lot of like little small shops that pop up with like candles and like oil diffusers and stuff. And it's really hard. You got to ask around to like find like, does this actually smell like this? And I actually just bought one because my favorite scent is the Riviera Hotel, which just opened up last year. I don't know if you've been able to go there, but or two years ago in 2019. And it just smells so good and creamy and just like, I don't know, there's just something comforting but like sophisticated about it I can't tell you what the smell is but I ordered it and I'm waiting for it to come in and so I'm just like like what is it gonna be is it gonna smell like it am I gonna feel like I'm at the Riviera and my house smells like it so (laughs) we'll see I'll I'll keep you updated on that yes please keep me updated yes and if you guys find a good Dole Whip one please let us know so we can let Sherry know so she can get one because we missed the Dole Whip for sure oh my gosh okay Okay. And last question is if you could have any Disney parade float as your car to get around, which parade float would you want? You know, I absolutely loved Tokyo's parade. Uh, what is it called? Uh, Dream Up. The Dreaming Up. I oh, loved that parade. God. Every float is gorgeous. Yeah, I would take any of those just because they are 
is so fabulous and so big and yeah. And they're typically, I, I mean, there's so many moving parts to each individual float. Like for example, the Alice in Wonderland float, it's this huge table on one side and then Alice is like mm-hmm. going back and forth on the other, also spinning in her bottle and it's going up and like the mechanics of it are just incredible. Like, mm-hmm. oh my goodness. Okay. But if you had to choose one, I'm going to, I'm going to force you to make the tough decision to pick one. Oh, probably the princess one because it's just like all the chandeliers and it's just it's yes. just stunning and it's got like a stained glass like awning over it and then they mm-hmm. look like you said chandeliers and stuff and it's gorgeous and I like the princess dresses mm-hmm. a geometric take on their classic dresses and they're just so gorgeous and just Ugh, if you guys haven't seen the Dreamin' Up Parade, literally go to YouTube right now and go see it because like even if you see it all on YouTube, it won't spoil it in person because it is phenomenal in person. Wouldn't you agree, Sherry? Oh my goodness. Yes. We watched it from like where the gates open. And my boyfriend also works for Disney. So, you know, he likes Disney, mm-hmm. but we're sat there and I look over and he actually had like tears in his eyes. He was like, This is so beautiful. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that is incredible. <laughs> He's going to be so bad that I told everybody. He's going to be like, you told everybody I cried. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he won't listen. I don't know. We can, we can cut it out if we need to. So thank you, Sherry, for answering all those questions. We love having your unique take on all of these things, especially coming from Disneyland Paris. But now I'll let you take it away and share your magical moment. Okay, so I started my Disney journey back in 2017 uh, with Disneyland Paris. But before that, I had graduated in 2014 from high school, and I decided I wanted to move down to Anaheim and try and work for the Disneyland California Resort to begin with. And um, not only for California Park, but I auditioned for every park and all the cruise lines, lots of auditions for parades, for performers, singers, dancers, anything, you name it, I was probably in the line two hours before it started. So, <laughs> Oh my gosh, they knew you by name. They recognized your face. They were like this girl again. I was like, hi, it's me. <laughs> but hi guys, no. how's your dog? Like, <laughs> you know their whole life story. Yeah, I mean, while I was waiting in line, I've made lots and lots of friends that I've kept up with over the years who have either gotten the job or were able to, you know, be in some parks that I'm hoping to go see one day. So hopefully I'll be able to go do that at some point. Yeah. And we were talking about how there's so many people that go to these auditions that it takes, Disney's very efficient about trying to not waste your time and they try to get through the audition process. But again, there's so many people. So you kind of have to make you know, friends with people around you. And you know, that. so it's so great. Because how many people were at one of your, your largest audition that you've been to? My largest audition was for Mickey and the Magical Map. And there was about 5000 people there. And it was pretty cutthroat. I mean, the casting director pretty much came in and said, we're just going to look at you. And if we like you, then we'll keep you. And if not, then thank you for the day. So I was a little intimidated the first time kind of walking into an audition and having a casting director be that blunt with you 
growing up in the arts, you know, they prepare you for auditions and the process and everything, but you don't expect it to be that cutthroat. They're very nice about it. But like, again, they're not going to waste your time. They're not going to lead you on. And then, you know, you don't get the job like you, you know, right off the bat, like if you're going to if you have potential or not. So yeah, yeah, I didn't go to too many auditions before I got my first contract offer. So I went to about four auditions before I actually auditioned for Disneyland Paris. Every audition for every park is slightly different. But for Disneyland Paris, I went in with the intention of just, it's a dance class. I try to not get in my head too much about it because I feel like if it's not meant to be, it's not meant to be. So I went in and I was just like, whatever they throw at you, just do your best. And it clearly worked because I ended up with a contract offer. And I was totally not expecting that. It was for a short-term contract. And this was back in 2014. Unfortunately, due to some personal reasons, I had to pass on that contract. But I did keep in touch with the casting director. And two years later, I was able to audition for them. And thankfully, I ended up with a CDI contract. For anybody who doesn't know how France works, They have two kind of work contracts, which is CDD, which would be a short-term contract, like nine months. And then a CDI means that you get to be here long-term as long as you want. Oh, so it's almost better that, you know, things happen the way that they did. So you were able to get the long-term contract. Yeah, I think because I had kept in contact with the casting director and he knew how much I was devastated that I was unable to the first time. And it just so happened that they were on the cusp of coming up to their 25th anniversary and he was like hey you want to come and I was like yes (laughs) oh and then when you got to Paris what was that like moving over there have you visited Europe before you moved over there or anything like that or been out of the country at all I had I had been to the UK but I had never been to Paris And I was just, I mean, Paris is just so magical. Everybody wants to come to Paris. So yeah, the park is actually about 40 minutes outside of the city. But still, on my days off, I can go into the city and see the Eiffel Tower. And this park nailed it with the European romantic. It's this whole other level. So I'm very grateful for the opportunity of being able to work here. Yes. And you guys have the park icon is Sleeping Beauty's Castle. And it's very different from the Disneyland Sleeping Beauty Castle. Like, to me, that's the real Sleeping Beauty Castle pulled directly from the movie. Like, it looks just like it. It really does. It even has a dragon underneath it. So that's pretty amazing. We we love a good dragon underneath the castle. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. What did you think? Like, because you haven't been to Disney World, correct? No, I was supposed to go last April. But oh. due to COVID, we were unable to go. So I'm still just waiting for when we can safely travel and I can come to Walt Disney World. Perfect. How about this? We'll switch. Like you will do like the holiday and you can come stay at my place in Orlando and, and then I'll come stay at your place in Paris. Like perfect. <laughs> and switch up. Oh, that would be so fun. But yeah, okay. So you move to Paris and you get to hang out with some amazing characters. You want to tell us what that was like if 
Coming and being a part of entertainment, obviously, it's something I've always wanted to do, and every park does it slightly different. So the only differences that I that I can point out directly that no other park does while keeping character integrity is that um, fun thing is that our characters here actually have French names. So... Wait, what? Yeah. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. So... Sometimes things translate and some things don't, but it was really fun not only getting to learn all of the things about entertainment, but learning, kind of relearning about these characters and their stories and how they change in French, if that makes sense. Oh, that is so fascinating. Oh, could you tell us a few of the the names? So one of the names off the top of my head, so Chip and Dale is actually Tick and Tap in French. What? That's so cute. <laughs> I almost like that better. There's actually one. It's not French, but it's in Dutch. And um, we have a lot of tourists from all over Europe. So we do learn the names of the characters in different languages. I think I always kind of butcher it. So I apologize if any Dutch people are listening. But in Dutch, Chippendale's name is Nobble and Bubble. How does these names get cuter and cuter? <laughs> I'm like... <gasps> Okay, sure. But I mean, most of them, they kind of, they make sense. So like, um, Mad Hatter is Chapelier. So like hat. What's another one? Uh, Queen of Hearts is Rendecur. So Queen Heart. So you kind of, you kind of see where it goes there. Can you say that again one more time? It sounds so beautiful. My French accent is so poor, so I apologize. But it's uh, Rendecur. (laughs) And so that's Queen of Hearts. It it sounds so pleasant, even though she's a very horrible villain. (laughs) I know you said your accent is a little off, but can can you speak French or what is your extent of learning the language and whatnot? For my contract, I actually can either speak fluent English or fluent French. We do obviously learn, you know, character names so you know who people are talking about when they're trying to talk to you and or when you're hosting, you know, you can tell them who exactly you are hosting. I learned a lot through conversational French, so my French is very very little and probably not in a good accent so we do pick it up a lot in the sense of having conversation while you're hosting and I would say that my French is like Disney French I can tell you where the bathroom is I can tell you when Uh the parade is starting that's about (laughs) it for my French hey that's pretty much all you need when you're uh, hosting and stuff it is yeah that's so fun okay and then when you're off work and stuff are you able I know you've lived there now four years correct yes is the English there do people speak English as well or how is that working out yeah so I would say that everybody in at least my department the two main languages are French and English of course But I would say that the English people do try to, you know, learn French from the French as the French want to learn English from the English. There are only a few Americans here. I want to say there's probably 15 of us here. There's really not that many of us. So the primary English language is English from the UK. So a lot different to how you and I sound. So, I mean... I have friends from all over. I have friends from Italy, from the Netherlands, from the UK, from Australia. So Disneyland Paris is very fortunate to be able to audition around the world, unlike the parks in the States 
I know that at least in Florida, in EBCOT, they they have some international program, if that's right. Yes, you're right. Yes. Um, where people can go and work in the pavilions. Yes, yes. I love meeting people from the UK or from Japan. And like, I was trying to learn Japanese after visiting there at Tokyo Disney Sea and having such a good time. And I talked with a cast member. I'm like, am I pronouncing this right? Am I saying this right? And it was so cool. And how excited she got. Be like, yeah, you're saying it right. Like, it was so fun. And, and then sadly, because of the pandemic, you know, a lot of them went home and now they're just, you know, right. regular cast members. But I, I do miss all the different cultures cultures and languages and accents and stuff like I really truly miss that but yeah that's what they have here yeah it's really amazing to be able to meet friends from all over I mean just in my hiring group we had people from the UK from all over America and there was also people from there was um, there's a guy from Turkey who's in our formation and just people from all over so now I have friends all over the world which is amazing because then you can just be like oh I'm going to Australia and being with one of my friends here and going to yes. Japan and seeing my friend here and just all over the world. I mean, it sounds so cheesy, but the it's a small world after all for Disney is truly, <laughs> truly. I have a, a similar experience doing the Disney College program. And like you, like you said, there's an international program. And so they mix us all together and we all hang out together and work together. And because, you know, not all of them go to Epcot. Some of them go to like in the stores like World of Disney where I worked. And right. so I, I feel I love love having friends like all over the world and like learning what it's there like like my roommates um directly I don't think I've shared this on the podcast yet I had one from Delaware that you know we're both we were the roommates and then the other two girls that they put with us were from France and the other one was from Barbados and so listening to them Skype their families back home and speak in their fluent language I was like I don't know what you're saying but I just love to hear you speak like oh my gosh (laughs) please keep talking it was so interesting to listen to too, and so beautiful both of the languages and I'm like oh, like oh, keep please keep talking I love that you're my roommates <laughs> absolutely I feel like um, as an American we don't have that many accents so any kind of accent even like an English mm-hmm. accent we're like just keep talking it's so beautiful yes, yes. <laughs> when I got to take my boyfriend home with me to California we we went to the other park we went to Universal and I took him into the wizarding world and I was like oh their face is gonna drop when they see an actual English person. Wait, where is your boyfriend? Did you you meet met your boyfriend in Paris? But was he from France or the UK or where where was he, he from? Did he's he never from the UK? So I was like, <gasps> let's go test the English people. <laughs> yes! Oh my goodness! Oh my gosh! And what did he think of it? Did he love it? He did. He had never been to Universal before. So he was just, he loves like all the 4D rides and all of that kind of stuff. So we went to California and Universal and he he loved it both. He had never been to another park, another Disney park before he grew up going to Paris. And then he got to go to California. And in that same year, we also went to Tokyo. So we had done like three, well, we work here, but we had been to three Disney parks in one year and it was a lot, but it was a lot of fun. <laughs> that is so amazing. That, that's the gold. And then you need to get you to Disney World. So we got to yes. add that to your list. Are you, are you, do you have the goal of visiting all the Disney parks in the world? Oh, yes. We were trying <laughs> to go visit some of the, we couldn't decide between Hong Kong or Shanghai. 
Um, but my boyfriend was definitely pushing for Shanghai because he was like, I want to go on Tron. And I was like, okay. <laughs> yes. Okay. I This is a, a shameless plug on my own podcast about my podcast. But I believe episode five, my friend Lindsay, who has been to all six parks, ranks every single park. I So you got to check that out and listen to the order. And maybe that'll help you decide between Hong Kong or Shanghai next. But yeah, yes. a very, very good episode. She's very knowledgeable that she's been to all of them but you're already halfway there. I'm halfway there. We need to help each other out with Disneyland Paris and Disney World, which I think we can manage. Yes. (laughs) Okay. So do you want to kind of share with us um, your second story, your second magical moment working for the parks? So my second magical moment, I got to Disneyland Paris in 2017 and I got to open the 25th anniversary, which was just (gasps) amazing i mean there was if if you have not seen it it is on youtube and it's this spectacular opening we had all of these cast members and there was a whole presentation on the hub and so it was like each land started off coming out of the castle and there was specific characters from those lands so like for instance it was like pocahontas and miko And then it was like all of these cowboys coming out for Frontierland. And it was just the most magical day. And later in the day, we premiered Disney Stars on Parade, which (gasps) is so cool to say that I actually got to be not only on an opening cast, but the opening day of (gasps) a new anniversary parade. That is phenomenal. And can you share with us who you were hanging out with during that parade? I may have been hanging out with a yodeling cowgirl that day. It was so magical. I mean, my very first parade that I ever did, I thought you could never beat that expectation of my excitement. Mm -hmm. But the crowd that day was so excited and there was press there. And I mean, you know, everybody was watching it happen for the very first time as we were performing it for the very first time. Mm -hmm. And that was just, that is probably the coolest experience that I've had. Yeah, because the people there that day, it's not just like, you know, your casual visitor, like they know that the parade is opening that day and that is what they're there for. And so I bet that energy, you were just feeding off of it. And could you describe the parade a little bit of like floats are like, what's the theme of it? Like, tell us a little more about it. So the 25th anniversary, there is kind of a lot of themes rolling around here. There's kind of this Disney stars on parade, stars in your eyes. So it's definitely something with stars, but the parade (laughs) style is kind of a steampunk feeling to it. Ooh. Um, Kind of the same color scheme as Magic Happens, where it's kind of that gold and those bright colors. Like in the very first float, which is um, Mickey and Friends, the chipmunks, they have like a giant telescope that looks out. And so they're like looking at the stars and they're in this aviator kind of outfit. But their jackets actually have like quotes from the different Disney movies on them. So it has like Once Upon a Time and like Second Star to the Right. It's a detail that you would have to really, really be able to see see up close which doesn't happen too often Mm -hmm. but it's very very detailed and pretty 
That is so cool. Oh my goodness. And so what other characters are in this parade? So the beginning of the parade, when the doors open, you get to see characters like Bert and Mary Poppins dancing with Alice and Hatter. And then you have the Toy Story gang. So you have Jesse and Woody and Buzz. We actually have Crush on the parade and Anna and Elsa. So there's a very big variety of characters on this parade. Yes. And we will link a YouTube video in the show notes because I am peeking at it right now. And these par- this parade float, like this Toy Story float looks intense. There's like so many, like there's like, what is these acrobats that are spinning on this moving? Like, I can I don't even know how to describe this. Like this Toy Story float is incredible. Yeah, they're um, the little aliens, and they do, like, the circus trick thing. I don't actually know what the thing is called, but it moves, and they're in it, and it's really cool. And uh, we also have the dragon, the same as Walt Disney World. Oh, right, because I remember when the accident happened at Disney World, when the dragon sadly caught on fire. Crazy. But, yeah, I really like the overall steampunk look of this parade. And, oh, I see Crush and... Oh my gosh, like I need to like, I'm skipping through quickly to see it on YouTube, but we need to, I need to go through and see this again. It'll be in our show notes. But um, for those that haven't been to Disneyland Paris, I think I like the steampunk aspect of it because it is very similar to their Tomorrowland in Paris. So our Tomorrowland is actually not Tomorrowland, it's Discoveryland. So the theming behind that, which um, anybody who has watched the Imagineering story, they kind of talk about this. It's based off of um, Jules Verne. Jules Verne, that's who it's based off of. Yes. So like our Space Mountain, for instance, it is not like Space Mountain in the other parks. It actually, um, like the outer shell is very steampunk. And when the ride originally opened, it was like a cannon. (laughs) It makes more sense if you could see it. But basically, (laughs) like when your car started, kind of like... um, California screaming you know how you do the the launch but when you did the launch it was like a cannon so the whole thing moves together and you can see like (gasps) the car moving and all of the wheels and stuff sadly that doesn't happen anymore but it's it's just very in theme with the land and they have like a little walk through like the journey to the center of the earth kind of thing there so yeah it kind of all ties together Oh, that is, it's so great. We all need to go to Disneyland Paris for sure. <laughs> so the 25th anniversary started on April 13th, 2017. And about a year and a bit later, my mom finally got to visit me in Paris. And um, by then I had um, learned some new roles on the parade and I started to get to dance on the parade and I got to be a part of Andy's room and dance with some cowgirls there so I was very excited when my mom finally got to come visit me she like knew what I did in the parade but she didn't like know exactly what role I was doing I wanted to kind of keep it a surprise for her so um, I kind of like look out for you and yeah I was like (laughs) just stand here and watch this and you'll be fine And so she was so excited to see me as I was her. And she was like right there when the gates opened. So it kind of like set my energy level of being able to see her. And then she was actually with one of my friends. So they ran around and they got like the tail end of the parade. So she got to see me 
like dancing down Main Street, which I had always told her I was going to do. So that was really magical to have that with her. Yes, like a lifelong goal fulfilled and your mom got to see it. And I I have friends um, here at Disneyland that are in the parades and I have definitely done the, okay, you catch them in Small World and then you run all the way up to Main Street and catch them again at Main Street. And then like, you know, when they take the long loop around, you just kind of like cut it to give yourself some more time. I have definitely done that countless times. And I'm like, hi, friend. Hi, friend. Like, oh, hello, Cinderella. Oh, hello. Like, (laughs) I have to say as a performer, you ever, I mean, know the performer or not know the performer. Anytime you're watching a parade, hype up those dancers. I mean, obviously all characters get love from everybody, but those dancers, you know, that's like 30, 40 minutes of of cardio. And there is nothing better than somebody (laughs) just yelling your name out well you know oh cowgirl or oh you know yeah you go girls yeah you you know that kind of a thing any kind of encouragement when we see people in the crowd giving us encouragement it just brings so much light and makes the Mm -hmm. experience so much easier for us as well I mean obviously dancing on main street is really magical but then when you feel the crowd as well that that always just makes that parade you come off and you're like yes I made that magic moment for them (laughs) oh my goodness yes okay now I really want to visit you in a parade because I am very much that person of like getting there early getting a good spot hyping them up and cheering and like I feel like we're the same parade person (laughs) yes there's nothing better than having that kind of support from the crowd and in like Florida and California, and even here, it gets really warm in the summer. But even yeah. in the winter, because here, we actually do parade in the snow. What? Yeah. Oh my gosh. How is, so, what is that like? Um, Slippery. <laughs> oh gosh. Oh no. That's so crazy. What is it like going to a Disney park in snow? Like, is it miserable or is it magical or a combination of both? Like, Probably a combination of both, to be honest. <laughs> I would say that when it does snow, just, just the park itself, I mean, it's magical. Seeing a castle under snow is next level and not having snow on Main Street, but like actual snow. Real snow. Yes, snow. For those that don't know, in the hotter states, as in California and Florida, for around Christmas time, they have fake snow, which is half soap that looks like snow. So we call it snow. <laughs> I made the mistake during my college program and stuck my tongue out. And I was oh, like, oh, no. nope, tastes like soap. Nope, nope, nope. Learned my lesson very quickly. <laughs> the snow is like a new experience. I mean, I have looked after some characters who may or may not have been very cheeky in the snow. So sometimes you know, we have to be very careful about who gets to go and play that day because, I mean, if you put chipmunks in the snow, they're probably going to throw it at each other. <laughs> That is adorable. Okay, that is now my new life mission to go see Chip and Dale play in the snow. Almost love that seeing them do cute, adorable things. Or I bet you've seen, you know, Pooh Bear at Epcot trying to catch butterflies. Oh my and gosh. And just... Joy running around from her shadow. Oh my gosh, it's so cute. Yes. I just, I love seeing them in their environment or so, something like that. Like, it's just so adorable. And uh, seeing, now seeing 
is my new goal to see Chip and Dale playing in the snow. That is yeah. just the cutest. Because with addition to Donald, they're my favorite. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. I think, you know, everything that's going on right now is, you know, way, way bigger than everything that, you know, being able to have these moments in the parks, people really, really hold on to these kind of moments, even if they're not the same as they were. I, I don't know about you, but I personally, even after being a cast member, I much prefer my character interactions to be moments. Like I'm not really a person who's all about the photos. I love watching the characters in their elements and I think I think with COVID happening the way that Disney was able to kind of think outside the box and think how can we still have these characters have magical moments with these guests but not take away the magic experience of being able to you know walk up and give cuddles and autographs and everything else and I mentioned earlier with the characters being on the train station with the welcome song. We also had um, like Aurora and Phyllis got to meet on the back of our <gasps> castle. They were waving <gasps> at all the guests. And I was like, hello, Princess Aurora. And when it came close to Halloween time, Maleficent came out <gasps> and did her thing. So, you know, I mean, you said you love Maleficent. <laughs> Oh, someone get me to Disneyland Paris stat as soon as it's safe, please. Oh, this needs to happen. The characters are just, they're such special. They're so special. They're so incredible. Like Yes, absolutely. I, I think there's nothing better than seeing a character and seeing what they're, you know, what they're up to because, you know, you're in their kingdom and whatever mm-hmm. they're up to. And I think that that is, really special being able to you know see Pooh Bear catching his butterflies and all of that and (laughs) I'm like I want I want Pooh Bear here catching butterflies too (laughs) I love that when someone loves characters as much as I do and you know you get to hang out with them and be really close with them and I haven't had that opportunity but just I love how much you're so passionate about the characters and I bet you just love your job so much and put such like love and care into bringing magic to people. And so I just want to thank you for that. Well, thank you. <laughs> it's, it's a very magical job. I'm very blessed and very thankful for the opportunities that Disney has given me. I mean, I can't, I mean, I could go on and on about all the different, you know, it, it, I mean, I have hundreds and hundreds of stories and all little things, but I mean, it's just, it's an incredible job. And if, if, if anybody who is listening, who has ever wanted to work for Disney or is like contemplating it, I a hundred percent say, go for it. I mean, I've only worked in this one park, so I can't speak for all parks or for cruise lines, but I know that anybody I know that works for Disney has at least one magical story, whether that be as a guest or as a cast member and it really is at least for me the same kind of magic that it was when I was a kid if not a little bit more that is beautiful I know you have a million stories and I would love to have you come back but is there any last little final thoughts or touches you want to um, before closing out I'm very thankful to still have my job during this time and I really hope that the parks all get to open up soon and that everybody gets to experience magic soon and hopefully back to 
what magic even was before and you know just trying to keep that Disney spirit alive like listening to this podcast or watching the Disney movies or just just anything to you know let you feel that little bit of Disney magic until you're back in one of the parks soon. Yes. Oh, I love it. And um, where could people find you if they were interested in following you or your adventures? I have an Instagram. I'm Sherry underscore winter. And you can see any of my Disney and Paris journeys. Yeah. I mean, I'm always here for a chat. So if you ever want to drop me a message, I will try to respond to those. <laughs> Fantastic. Thank you so much, Sherry, for coming on. You were such a delight to have and such a wonderful guest. So thank you for taking the time and doing that. And I know I don't even know what the time difference is from the U.S. and Orlando to to Paris, but thank you for taking the time to do this. I greatly appreciate it. And again, you were an absolutely wonderful guest. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. This was such a blast. hope you guys enjoyed that episode with Sherry. We want to thank her again so much for coming on and sharing all of her magic over at Disneyland Paris. If you guys enjoyed this episode and want to help support this podcast, please go to Apple Podcasts to leave us a review. It truly helps this podcast out and new people discover us. We have episodes every Monday and Thursday, so be sure to subscribe so you never miss a single episode. And if you have a magical moment that you would like to share, please go to justsomemagic.com and click on the share your magic button. I can't wait to read all your stories, but until next time, bye. Bye.